brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 118 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. I'm so ready to end this book. (laughs) (laughs) And this episode is sponsored by Hannah Lee. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Hannah. She's my basketball buddy. We talk. Okay. I, I was like, you play say, basketball? I thought you were say, she's my basketball coach. And I was like, <laughs> you play like at wait, the YMCA? That's going to get so confused. <laughs> no, we talk about the Warriors. Oh, okay. Hannah, losers? What? Your cool. hand? Oh, my gosh. Ooh. Oh, that is not kind. I mean, it's, I'm not saying we're going to move that's forward. Wait, that's Hannah's cool because she's a palindrome. Oh, yeah. Hannah, Hannah. Backwards, forwards. Got it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, who does what now? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So today we will be discussing chapter 37 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Sorry, that was very loud. I am ready to end this book, apparently. I just threw the goblet down. I didn't even <laughs> hear it, but all right. Um, the chapter title is The Beginning, the Which last chapter. Because it's the end. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the end of this, but it's the beginning of all the dark stuff. Oh, you know? One door closes and another one opens. So make sure you've read the chapter. And you're ready to live a corpus your way into oh, the gosh. details. Before we begin, Meg's Mouse Tales has weekly oh. profit news. I do. So this is kind of exciting because we actually did learn this at LeakyCon thanks to Dan Fogler. He told us that they were beginning filming of Fantastic Beasts 3 in the new year, um, mm-hmm. early in the year. He actually said February, but this is saying spring. So maybe February means like rehearsals and like Mm. coming in to like read the scripts and stuff like that together. I don't know. Possibly. So um, production is confirmed to start in spring of 2020. It has been greenlit. And we have discovered that we're going to see more of comedian and actor Jessica Williams, who played the role of Professor 
Eulalie Hicks, a teacher at Ilvermorny School, who was Ooh. the person in the book yeah. that was talking to mm. Nicholas Flamel in Crimes of Grindelwald. And we were like, who is that? It was it was her. But apparently she has a bigger role in this film. Interesting. So are, are we going to see Ilvermorny? That'd be cool. I hope so. That'd so be so yeah. amazing. The, yeah, it seems um, really cool. Mm-hmm. So. We're going to Brazil, which is exciting. Uh, it's going to be, yes. it's going to take place partially. We're going to go uh, back to New York. We're going, oh wait, hold on. I'm lying. <laughs> no. I, it, they were listing. The first one was in New York. The second took place in Paris. And now we can reveal the third film will officially be visiting Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Um, Imagine all the cool creatures. I know. That's yeah. what I was thinking Ooh, too. Think all the colorful birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like birds. Yeah. Um, and it's also going to be directed again by David Yates. Joe, you better put a leash on him with his little scissors and how much he cuts out oh of the gosh. film because I swear to God. <laughs> a leash and scissors. I swear Call to God. Jack Snip, the tailor. Uh, however, <laughs> this is super interesting news. We are not getting a solely J.K. Rowling written screenplay. Yeah, we're not. So Steve Cloves, mm-hmm. Cloves, Cloves, I don't know. However you prefer. He's coming back. He's coming back to the Wizarding World, and he is co-writing the screenplay with Joe. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Am I supposed to know who he is? He did like all the Potter movies. Oh, except one of them, but I can't remember which one. Uh, the only reason I'm okay with it is because so Joe isn't a screenwriter. Does she, does she write phenomenally? Yes, but she's not a screenwriter so to have someone who is but have her still be very involved i think that would be a good marriage here's the thing does i mean what she already has um for fantastic beasts and how she's written it are we on napkins are we in notebooks are we on a computer or like do you have like fully formed novels that he has to pick apart with you like what do you already have right and i know that it has to be like made for a movie you know, and it, it really differs from a novel. So I just wonder. Well, I, I mean, I mean, but as far as as teaming up and and writing together, uh, I actually told someone today this because um, we were talking about cursed child, and I said, "Me as a consumer, I have, in my own opinion, no place to say to a creator that's not canon." Mm-hmm. Right. So if we're going to talk about things that are canon and not just because it's not solely created by a creator, if Joe tells me it's canon, it's canon. Well, and that's Star my own, and that's too. my own exactly. You have um the legends yeah. books and stuff like that, and that's canon to some people, and it's not canon to some people. So it, I, it is what it is. Though, but for me, if she says it's canon, it's canon. I think with that stuff though, with with some of the Star Wars stuff when Disney like acquired the rights they were they were like they said this is no longer canon even though before george lucas said yeah whatever kind of thing yeah uh so that's a little bit different but like again she has control over like it's her world so if she's saying something's canon it's canon um but i think that with with having him come in and if he's a screenwriter he might be able to to put her ideas on screen better than she agreed yeah she's, she writes novels so like it's it's easier to to set a scene in a book because you can write every little thing down. It's harder to put that on screen to convey like what every single person is thinking and like what they're feeling. It gets that's that's not just you know 
this is how I want to write it on a on a piece of paper, but like those actors had to portray it, so it's a little bit different. And why not give her a meaning? You know, and my, yeah, I I have no qualms with. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Meg? I mean, you posed the question. What are your thoughts? Um, I hate it. <laughs> I just like so. At LeakyCon, I met Luke from Hogwarts Radio, and yeah. shout out to them. Um, me and him are in, like, the exact same boat with the Fantastic Beasts movies. Like, we full steam ahead, absolutely love them, everything about them. Like, I don't think that there was anything wrong with Crimes of Grindelwald, in my opinion. I think it maybe suffers from middle movie syndrome, which happens with series yes. a lot. Yeah. But again, once we take a step back and we have everything, I don't think that it will be as bad as people thought that no, it was. No, because we're not supposed to have everything. And... um I don't think that Joe had a problem with anything with the screenplays. I think that David Yates had a problem with taking things out. I don't think that it was her screenplay. I don't think she needs help writing screenplays. She clearly showed in the first one for sure that she knows how to do it. And she did it well. There it was, was there was nothing wrong with the first one. Um, people like we we learned the information that we think that we should have. She as Eddie Redmond said it was the most detailed screenplay right. he'd ever received in his entire acting career. And I think that I think that they're doing this because of pressure from the outside and I'm not okay with it. What That's pressure? a fair point. Sorry, I'm on to that. <laughs> what pressure? People said that they didn't like Crimes of Grindelwald. And that was very vocal. A lot of people said it. Uh, Critics well, said it. Well, I mean, it was, was it because of Johnny Depp or was it because of the lack of detail I think it was in the both. movie with character I, development and all that jazz? I think both. I also think that people, yes, it's it's a standalone film, but like say, take uh, the four of us. We come into this having however many years of reading the original books, watching those movies a million and one times. So we know that the characters that we're seeing like, we know Dumbledore, we know his backstory for the most part. We've seen all of those characters that are connecting us later on. We know them. And yeah. if you so don't... So we come into this knowing right. all of this back information and all of, like, our luggage saying we know all of these things about this world. And, like, what does some critic from who knows where know about the world? That's, you know what I... I'm yes. sure that's so what you're trying to make me of... change my mind and now I don't like it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't bother me either way. I mean, I I, I'm just I'm here for I'm just here for whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> just, I didn't love yeah. the films, but I didn't hate them either. And like, I, I just I have to sit with things for a long time. So I think by the end of the, all the movies, I'll be like, yeah, they, I liked them. I just but, think it's unnecessary. But I think too, going back to. Yeah, but we know, don't really know what's going on. You know, yes, but we don't I know think, the behind the scenes. I think that scenes. a lot of those critics genuinely were people that, and that's not to say you can't come in and enjoy these movies for what they are by themselves. Mm. It just helps us appreciate the backstory. So, like, yes, you're going into a movie where you don't have all of the facts, and so if you're going into it, not never reading any of the Harry Potter film or books, you could you read the films mm-hmm. or watching any of the movies, and then you're going to see Fantastic Beasts and like of itself. Yeah, you might go into it being like you don't know anything so none of it makes sense to you more so than like some of the stuff that's just not making sense to us yet because we don't have all the answers i mean right. we so did those this are probably people that are going like this doesn't make sense and what are these creatures and yada da 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 because those are some of the reviews but they also were coming into it knowing nothing so we're, we're coming in we're like yeah we still don't know a whole ton but we at least i shouldn't say at least but we know more than they do because yeah. we're coming in with our knowledge of Harry. well Potter. we also need to just like take a step back and appreciate the time that we're in with this, you know, there was a time where we had years in between books and we were lost in the sauce. So, 
and then everything obviously worked out really great in the end so <laughs> yeah. yeah let's I just, just uh, you um, know it, it, uh, in in luke's words why mess with perfection the queen i think that it was perfect i think the first two films minus that clearly there were some scenes edited out that shouldn't have been mm-hmm. I, I don't think there was anything wrong with them there was nothing wrong with the script do you know what you need to do write to her Dear i need to tweet Joe. her call Dear her Joe. up yeah, yeah. No, and i think that like, where's the dang shirt i have this had the thing. shirt been designed and you're not doing all your beautiful invitations <laughs> <laughs> i just think that um i think that w- my qualms with steve cloves is in the harry potter movies he really had a thing and really enjoyed the relationship of Harry and Hermione, and he really tried to play that up on screen. And he screen and he's admitted that in interviews, That's even bogus. though Harry or Hermione ends up with Ron. He was like, "I really just wanted, like, I just wanted that relationship, so I really tried to push it." And it's like. It's not that? your story to tell. Yeah, what a turd bird. And like, so that's what I'm like. I'm know. thinking in my head. I'm like, what it. is? Well, like that seven. dancing scene in Deathly Hallows. I he did, added I that in specifically. That. I loved that scene. See, but though. I think that was kind that of was a very the tension. That you was a very mean? friendship. I get that. Yeah. I agree. But what I don't like is in an interview he said it was specifically because he liked yeah. Harry and Hermione together, and he wanted. He's them a shipper. Let him ship. No. Okay. Let's move on. You have so I just I'm, I'm like in my mind I'm like what is he gonna do? It's okay in Fantastic. You Beasts can't change it. Don't fret. But but guess what? Hermione still ended okay. up with Ron. I know. I just don't like him. So don't worry. They're gonna get divorced Breathe. and marry me. It's I just okay. want Joe to do her thing because she was perfect. Do you want? Me I don't to mean sing to be this song? person, but there's no such thing as perfect. It is. You're looking at it. No. Hey. Oh my god. Harry Potter. <laughs> the story <laughs> is perfect. My mom yelled at me for saying that to a kid. My grandma's like, "What? She's, that's the truth. There is no such thing as perfect." Mary Poppins isn't even perfect. She's practically perfect. Hit me, too. I don't know what to do. Hit me with the recap. Hit me with the recap. (laughs) Why don't you hit me with the recap? That was was awesome. I'm so (laughs) yeah. All right. So last chapter episode, Fudge was a big dumb. (laughs) And he doesn't want to believe that. Just a big dumb. Uh, he would rather break ties with Dumbledore than believe that he's back. And Bad once, move, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once Fudge stormed out, Dumbledore, Dumbledore sets his plans into motion. Harry gets the nicest hug in history and is finally allowed to get some sleep. This is just a little side note because I was watching Good Mythical Morning compilation videos today. And they did this one where it was like a drink where they have a shot and they're like, Dumbledore, Dumbledore, Dumbledore. And they're like, and then they take a drink. It just made me think of that. I love Dumbledore. All right. Let's talk about the final chapter of this book and move on with our lives, sadly. So Harry meets with the Diggories while Dumbledore addresses the entire school, basically like, leave Harry alone. Don't Mm. talk to him. (laughs) People do that for me, please. Yeah. (laughs) The trio go and they visit Hagrid for the last time the school year and they find that he has some Hummer, summer homework from Dumbledore that he'll be doing, hopefully along with Madame Maxime. Um, there's one final feast. Dumbledore addresses everyone again, and then basically, you know, he tells him that Voldemort is back and he killed Diggory. No matter, he basically is like, "Don't believe what the Ministry says." Pretty kind much. of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, they're back on the train going home. There are many conversations. Harry learns that he won't be bugged by Rita <laughs> for a while, hopefully <laughs> ever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Malfoy makes some claims that in the future don't pan out. Fred and George do some magic, and um, Harry rewards them, and then off they go for the summer. Tra-la-la-la-la. Skipping off into the sunset, right? It's going to get darker from here. <laughs> so Death will come. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I don't know where that came from. I had like a Trelawney moment. That was really evil. Trelawney. <laughs> <laughs> It was. So um, the chapter begins with Harry thinking a lot about the past month. And there's like just a bunch of like scattered memories that happened. And he only sees the scattered memories at this point because he can't like take in any new information because of his trauma that he's he's gone through. Um, He ends up meeting with the Diggory family and they're really, really kind to him. And they didn't blame him. And I said, see, cursed child. I underlined that in my book. Ooh. That's a really good So those are are some thoughts. I'm going to sip tea. Just a moment. Meg, you speak. I will sip this. Oh, you sip too? I was going to sip it. Let's both sip the tea. I can sip my coffee. Okay, don't do that. I bet that sounds real great in the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) I do what I want. So, yeah. Anyways, they thank him for bringing um, Cedric's body back. And then we go to Mrs. Diggory. And she um, is trying her best not to lose control of her emotions. But she's pretty much beyond tears at this point. Have you ever been so sad? Yeah. That you literally, like, you physically can't cry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So she's at this point. She's beyond tears, and she said that Cedric must have suffered very little, which is true. Yeah. Um, And he must have been really happy when he died because he just won the tournament. It's so sad. And some silver lining stuff, which you know, you're just grasping at because you're in a horrible place, you know? Yeah. I really am glad that Harry didn't say anything because if, personally, I think back to moments before Cedric passed, um... He must have been excited that he, like, won or was at the potential of, like, winning. But he was also also confused and a little afraid something was up. Yeah. And that, that to me, doesn't sit well. But I'm glad Harry wasn't like, well. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think it was, you know, painful for him to die, which is physically. Yeah, physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's somewhat Somewhat of a morbidly comforting correct it's like uh if you if someone's like oh well they passed in their sleep like my my grandfather passed in his sleep yeah that brings me comfort yeah um so let's move on here um when the interview with them was over and they called it an interview um she looks down at him and says you take care of yourself now and then harry tries to give her the try wizard winnings and she says no she could have never taken that money, in my opinion. It would have been too sad. Like, she would never have been able to mm-hmm. put it in her Gringotts account. She would have never been able to spend it. It would have been, like, tainted money. Oh, I think opinion. that's kind of like how Harry feels. You know, mm-hmm. they kind of would have oh, That's why the he same gets way. rid of it immediately. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm saying that's how she, you know. Yeah. They feel the same way about it. They yeah. don't want it. Um, She seems like she's a really sweet woman, and I really wish I could have known her character a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Other than her name's Mrs. Diggory, (laughs) as per Wikia online. I feel like her name would be Ruth. Ruth Diggory. Ruth. I like it. Good name. Yep. Um, Canon. Ruth and Amos. (laughs) Canon, yeah. Amos and Ruth. (laughs) They sound like such a cute couple. A little Cedric. Gosh, get sad. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, Harry finds out from Ron and Hermione that Dumbledore had made a speech that morning and requested that basically everybody leave Harry alone about the events that had taken place. And most of the students were, you know, they're abiding by this. They're, but they're doing it in a way that's not necessarily appropriate, but it's probably appropriate for the age group of the kid. But I also think that they are afraid of him. Well, let's 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 get into that. And it says most of the students in the castle were skirting around him in the corridors, avoiding eye contact with him. And I said, good, because Boldy can see right through them. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> so Harry guessed that many of them had probably read Ritz or Rita's articles about how disturbed he is and how he could be possibly dangerous. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She that's like what is that called? Slander? Mm-hmm. She should go to the the band. The whiz priz. Someone should fly swatter. Oh, I spilled on myself. You spilled on yourself. They should just lock her I in gotta, the jar. I gotta, get the, I gotta take the unicorn out of my teacup. Whoop. Harry was thinking that maybe these students are maybe making their own theories about how, what happened with Cedric in the graveyard. And the cool thing about Harry is at this moment, he f- discovered that he really didn't care much at all. He's numb. Well, I'm hoping he's getting more resilient. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He it's it's not his first time where people have in the castle, the entire castle have been like weird around him, especially like in two mm-hmm. yeah. um, where they all thought he was the heir of yeah. Slytherin. And so like you know, he's like, you know what? I got my people. I have yeah. Ron. I have Hermione. You know, he's even got like doesn't mention it, but he's got Neville and he's got Hagrid. Don't we all kind of yeah. reach that at some point? Uh, yeah, he did it very early. <laughs> but like, you know, I've recent not recently, but like, you know, as you grow up, you're just like, you know what? I don't want the drama. All yeah. I need are the people I care about. And that's it. Over yeah. the past couple of years, I have reached that spot. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. You, you know, the saying the people who mind don't matter and the people who matter don't, don't mind. mind. Amen. You know, yeah. um, he's got people in his corner. And at the end of the day, he's like, he knows himself and he knows his his people mm-hmm. that's all that matters i'm sitting with my people oh i'm not so yeah well i didn't don't lie <laughs> <laughs> so anywho yeah he thinks people are maybe making their own theories about what uh, happened and i'm sure there's rumors going around that he just really doesn't care to hear and i bet ron and hermione hear them but they don't say anything mm-hmm. because the great thing about these two is that they know him well enough to let him sit in silence and they know to talk about other things when they're around him. That's I bet nice. you, though, that like if something gets too feisty, like to oh, Ron. Ron, you know, yeah. not a stereotype. I don't want this to sound stereotypical, but sometimes redheads are a little fiery. I am not naturally a redhead, but I am a fiery person. I could imagine him like socking someone in the <laughs> face for talking smack about his Harry. Well, think about what he was doing for uh, Hermione when Malfoy was calling her uh, mudblood and all yeah. that. Like, he knows how to stand up for the ones that he loves. And clearly they all love whoa, each whoa, other. Whoa. Love? What? What? Yeah. And then I want to read some quotes from the book. So, quote, he felt as though all three. That was. Sorry. <laughs> of them had reached an understanding they didn't need to put into words. That each was waiting for some sign, some word of what was going on outside Hogwarts, and that it was useless to speculate about what might be coming until they knew anything for certain. And I kind of like that 
that without saying things that they're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Yeah. So Ron told Harry that Mrs. Weasley asked if Harry could go right to their house in the summer. But Dumbledore said that Harry must return to Purple Drive in the summer. And Harry's like, why? And apparently Dumbledore has his reasons. Hmm. Hmm. Should we sip some tea on that? No, because the unicorn's in there. If you don't know, okay, I probably should tell them what I'm doing. So I'm sipping on some tea that we will talk about um, a little later. And wh- what is this called? A steeper. <laughs> it's a st- yeah, it's steeper. A steeper. Is it like a giant rainbow unicorn steeper? It's in my cup. I have a llama one. She does have a llama. Um, so Ron, sh- sorry. Ron shakes his head darkly. And he goes, I suppose we've got to trust him, haven't we? Yes, Ronald. Yes, you do. <laughs> And the thing that I love about this chapter is the little bitty part with Hagrid right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my man. Yes, your man. So Harry felt as if the only other person he could really talk to was Hagrid. So they go down to um, Hagrid's little hut and Hagrid says, been having a couple with a limp, Hagrid said. She's just left. Who? said Ron curiously. <laughs> Madame Maxime, of course, said Hagrid. You two made up, have you? said Ron. And Hagrid's like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We were never fighting. Right? He like, oh gosh. But I'm glad that they made up because even though they don't really end up together, shame on you, Joe, or shame on you for having Hagrid not have children because that's sad because I think he would be a perfect father. Anyway. We can't talk about this again. Remember we cried. I I cried the last time. I just love him. But, um... I just wanted Hagrid to have some love. But anyways, um, what was I saying? <laughs> he was, he knew he was going to come back. No. Come back. Well, they have like a little conversation and then he like, I feel like he's talking to the three of them, but he's mostly like speaking to Harry in this moment. Mm-hmm. So he's like, knew he was going to come back, said Hagrid. And yes, he did say that. Yeah, he did. You can find that in the earlier books. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione looked up at him shocked. Known it for years, Harry, see, he's speaking directly to him now, knew he was out there biding his time. It had to happen. Well, now it has, and we'll just have to get on with it. We'll fight. Might be able to stop him before he gets a good hold. That's Dumbledore's plan anyway. Great man, Dumbledore. So long as we've got him, I'm not too worried. See, book six. (laughs) Hagrid raised his bushy eyebrows at the disbelieving expressions on their face. No good sitting, worrying about it, he said. What's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does. Isn't that a good line? Yes. It's really hard to live by it, but I really try. (laughs) No good sitting, worrying about it, he said. What's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does. I like how they portray that in the movie, too, because it is all stormy outside, and he's like, storm's coming. He says that in five, though. Oh, he does. You're right. Doesn't he? I don't remember anything. I'm pretty sure he, they put it in five. Hmm. Wait. I haven't seen Goblet, like the movie, in a long time because I want to cut all of their hair. Yeah. Like, I focus too much on their hair. Somebody Literally. in Discord, help me. Yeah, when does when does Hagrid have that line? Because I like, remember the stormy, and it's looking out his hat window. Storm's coming, no, Harry. No, it is five, because it's after he comes back from the Giants. He has a That's right. Yes. It is right. five. That's right. Well, s- 
Okay. Got it. So they put it to the beginning of the year instead of the end of fourth year. Got <laughs> it. Um, but what I like I mean, about this fine. conversation, um, and Haggard really, like sometimes, yes, he's a little too honest with things that he's not supposed to say, but like I like that he's honest with them, you know? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I appreciate that in adults. And I know, like for me, I value honesty really above a lot of other things because I'm a very honest person. Um, and I like that he doesn't give them a run- the runaround, you know, Harry specifically, because he even asks, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. he goes, no, you're not, but you're going to be. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. I like that a lot. I appreciate it. Um, so after Haggard says this, which is really profound, you know, when you think about it, like, that's um, similar to what Newt says, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It just reminds what does he say? Worrying just means you suffer, suffer twice. twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. It reminds Which is so me of true. that. And it's like it, it I mean, there's so many things from these books that you can take and apply them to your real life, but like if you have no control over something, let it go like Elsa, right? Yeah. <laughs> significantly easier said than done. Right. But if you have that like if you can try and get that mindset, you know, yeah, yeah. just try. I know with me, I just am like, when I'm crazy anxious about something that I have to absolutely do, I'm just like, I kind of just take a deep breath and like, you're just going to have to do it. Yeah. And then nine times out of 10, it's way better than what I expected. Same. I'm like, I, like you build it up. It's going to be awful. Yeah. And you almost have like a panic attack and you walk in and you're like, it's nothing. And Same. <laughs> kind of off topic, but not, but like creating scenarios in your head that haven't happened and sometimes are completely outlandish. I do that all the time. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. That's really I do that all the time. That's like what anxiety is. Yeah. Yeah. And then I like sit there and think to myself and I'm like, goodness gracious. It's usually the thoughts. Like it's a thought of something that makes you Yeah. That might happen. The potential. Yeah. That defines me to a T. Yeah. (laughs) It happens a lot when I'm driving and I hate it. What I really like. Shower thoughts I had to take a test a couple years ago. Um, and they even, they, they're like, if you want to, here's pictures of the room of where you're going to be. If you want to take a look. And I was like, oh, I love that. So I could like see exactly what the room was going to look like. I knew exactly what I was walking into, like stuff like that. It's the makes, unknown that yes. scares us. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like amazing. Okay. Like I knew exactly what I had to do and it made me not as anxious. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, anxiety sucks, man. It yep. does. It does. And a lot of people have it you know yep. and i feel like it's just now being talked about within the past i don't know five I years mean, or so you know right now we all just said basically we have it yeah i'm usually anxious about something every day like i didn't every- used to you know have the worst it is, i have though? that that postpartum still you know what's the worst is when you're or this is gonna sound awful i shouldn't say it like this but like specifically my mom will be crazy anxious about something and then like you have to stop because like you're gonna make me anxious so like mm-hmm. she'll be so anxious she makes me anxious and then it's like a whole reverberating of us both being anxious and it's just like like sundays are a bad day for us usually no. always makes us crazy anxious about like the week and everything mm-hmm. uh back to harry potter yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right um Dumbledore, this is uh quoting haggard still dumbledore told me what you did harry and Hagrid said that Harry would have done just as much as his father would have. And that is a very high compliment. And it was the first time that Harry had smiled in days. Oh. Hmm. Days. That's a long time to go without smiling. He's had a rough time. I know. I'm just saying, like, it's just sad. Yeah. It is very sad. So Harry kind of prized a little. He, he, quote, he sent Professor McGonagall to ask you and Madame Maxime to meet him that night. 
Got a little job for me to do over the summer, said Haggard. Secret, though. I'm not supposed to talk about it. No, not even to you lot. Olymp, Madame Maxine, to you, to you might be coming with me. I think she will. I think I got her persuaded. So she must have been putting up a fight. Is this to do with Voldemort? Haggard flinched at the sound of the name. Might be, he said evasively. Now, who'd like to come and visit the last scrut with me? I was joking. I was joking. He added hastily, <laughs> seeing the looks on their faces. I hope they got a good chuckle, you know? A little break of the tension. <laughs> yeah. Let's go look at some scrutes. Then he's like, I'm kidding. Poor Haggard knows. Let's go look at some scrutes. <laughs> I'll scrut. The thriving. The scrut in Orlando. Rainbow butthole. Don't oh say God. it! <laughs> <laughs> what did happen? It was so, and I felt like it was like right by my face. <laughs> in your face. I literally was yelling to Sarah. I was like, did you see that? I did not. It was I awkward. Not. I can't wait to write I'm not, okay. Again. Honestly, if you've written, goodness, this is a long Ooh. name. Anyway, the Haggard Ride, which is what we're going to call it. If you've written the Haggard Ride and you saw what we saw, please let me know that it was real and I didn't make it up. Okay. Oh, my God. All right, Meg, go. All right. So Harry is <laughs> sad for the leaving feast. And not only was he sad for it, but he had been doing a good job of avoiding people. So he was anxious about it, really, because he didn't want to go into a full great hall um, because he hadn't done that since he left the hospital wing. Um, so normally the Great Hall would have been decorated with the house colors of the winning house, but today they were, there were black drapes everywhere um, in solidarity for Cedric. Did they do that for Dumbledore's funeral in the Great Hall? I don't remember. Okay. I like I that know. you have all of these things capitalized. The actual real life Mad-Eye Moody. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? Yeah. You're such a silly. <laughs> was sitting at the staff table and he was quite twitchy and on edge. And I said, can you blame him? No. We thought that Mad-Eye was on edge and crazy when it wasn't even Mad-Eye. But like now Mad-Eye's... Fat-Eye. <laughs> when oh it was God. Judy. But now Moody's basically like... He probably doesn't trust himself yet because he never would have thought that he would have been put in that situation, but he was. He got got. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it totally changes him for the rest of the series. That's probably one of his like worst nightmare fears is that he got got, but not only did he got got, but he got got and had to suffer. Right. That's a lot of a lot of got gots. And that's what he went through, like, for anyone is a super, like, I think sometimes we don't, like, realize how traumatic that alone is. So you were attacked and you were essentially kidnapped and then locked in your own drawer thing, your your hair's trunk thing, for months. He was literally Almost a year. He was put in, like, a type of purgatory for him. I mean, solitary confinement. Right. For months. And they talk about how detrimental... That is for people's like not only mental health but their physical health and all of those things like not having sunlight. Can and you imagine your muscle to. mass decrease oh, because yeah. you're not getting up and walking around and doing yeah. things? I and bet he couldn't because he didn't even have his one leg. I wonder if Madame Pomfrey could magic him stronger muscles. I don't Probably know. Probably something. I mean, if you can regrow bones, why can't you regrow muscle? Well, but he doesn't. It's not that he has to regrow muscle. He, he has, has to, to get learn the how to back. So like you, yeah, but it's not magic. Losing, I know, but he's not <laughs> losing like muscle cells. You know what I'm saying? 
he's has the same amount. There's just they're small. Do you want me to get into the scientific okay, reason nursing of how student, you build Let's muscle? move on. No, I don't. But so I would like a marionette I, arm. It has to do with yeah. oxygen and myoglobin in your muscle cells. You're cute. So Kakarov's chair <laughs> was empty. <laughs> and My boy. Where do you think he went first? Sorry. Hell, uh, if we don't pray. Just what on in the, the run. world? <laughs> just on the run. I think he's not stopping. He's just like literally. <gasps> like I kind of envision like Slughorn, like what Slughorn did. How oh, he was just yeah. kind of like on Mobile the run, houses. went from house to house, place to place. Do you think he was tempted to become like maybe an unregistered animagus? Probably. I mean, it could have helped I him. I like, look how long Wormtail survived. I don't think he's talented enough. I do kind of agree with that. Mm. Really? But it's a different situation with Wormtail because Voldemort wasn't in the sound mind and body to be able to like send peeps to look for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was hiding from the ministry where they have laws and rules. <laughs> Voldemort doesn't. He does what he wants. So, like, when he's looking for someone, he's like, go find and kill them. Where the ministry is like, we'll kind of look for you. If we see you in the news, then we'll send someone. You know, we'll send an aura out. Oh, my gosh. We'll send um, an aura. We'll see if they catch him. So, Bye. Harry wondered where Karkaroff was and if Voldemort had caught up to him yet. But we know that he hasn't yet. He's still on the run. Um, and Madame Maxime was sitting beside Hagrid and they were talking quietly, I'm sure, about their mission together. Or See the giants. Um, yeah. So McGee was sitting beside Snape, whose expression, Harry says, was difficult to read. Harry wondered what had Snape done on Dumbledore's orders the night that Voldemort had returned. He knew that it, we know that it was successful, seeing as he's sitting in the Great Hall. Right. Um, so he had gone back to Voldemort. He was a successful spy that had infiltrated the Death Eaters, which is crazy. It's like heart wrenching. Like, yeah. Insane. Love him or hate him, it's heart wrenching. Whose expression was difficult to read. Yeah. He was probably <sighs> loathing everything. For sure. Yeah. Easily. I feel so bad for him. I do. I mean, I don't like him but i still feel bad for him like yeah what I mean, a crappy situation it's just so like and he knows honestly a if he wants to live he has to do this and yeah. if he wants safety with dumbledore he has to do this so it's just like honestly like he had no choice he had yeah. to go and do that yeah i think so. too he just is like ready for it all to be i mean they all are probably just to be over like they went through it like however many years ago yeah they don't want to do it again they just want it to think be he really done yeah and i think he really plays his role up way like like amazing this time because he really wants it to be over so yeah, if he really right? like finally goes all in 100 percent right into this role maybe voldemort will be defeated sooner yeah because I think this time he's like, I'm not going to, he knows he's not going to make it out alive. I don't think he's ever planning to survive this go around, but he yeah. also wants to make sure that if he goes down, that Voldemort's going down and staying down as well. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, okay. So I'm going to read Dumble's speech. No, thank you. Can we just skip it and pretend it didn't happen? I know. It yeah. is a little heart-wrenching. It is. And by a little, I mean a lot, and I want to cry in a corner. I'm not going to read the in-between things where, like, you know, we're licking, thinking of Harry's emotions. I'm literally just going to read Dumbledore's words, okay. so maybe that'll be better. Okay, I'm prepared to cry. 
All right. I bet you I won't. Read it like Dumbledore. Fingers the end. No. <laughs> <laughs> of another year. <laughs> oh, my God. There is much that I would like to say to you all tonight. But I must first acknowledge the loss of a very fine person who should be sitting here. He gestures towards the Hufflepuffs. Enjoying our feast with us. I would, I would like you all, please, to stand and raise your glasses to Cedric Diggory. Cedric was a person who exemplified many of the qualities that distinguish Hufflepuff House, Dumbledore continued. He was a good and loyal friend, a hard worker. He valued fair play. His death was a, has affected you all, whether you knew him well or not. I think that you have the right, therefore, to know exactly how it came about. Cedric Diggory was murdered by Lord Voldemort. It says a panicked whisper swept the Great Hall. People were staring in disbelief and in horror. But Dumbledore was calm. He was actually calm. Like, really. My God. <laughs> really? He was calm. Like, book and movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Ministry of Magic does not wish me to tell you this. It's possible that some of your parents will be horrified that I have done so, mm-hmm. either because they will not believe that Lord Voldemort has returned, or because they think I should not tell you so, young as you are. It is my belief, however, that the truth is generally preferable to lies. Hmm, that's weird. Mm. And that any attempt to pretend that Cedric died as the result of an accident or some sort of blunder of his own is an insult to his memory. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Um, there is somebody else who must be mentioned in connection with Cedric's death. I am talking, of course, about Harry Potter. Harry Potter managed to escape Lord Voldemort. He risked his own life to return Cedric's body to Hogwarts. He showed in every respect the sort of bravery that few wizards have ever shown in facing Lord Voldemort, and for this I honor him. The Triwizard Tournament's aim was to further and promote magical understanding. In the light of what has happened of Lord Voldemort's return, such ties are more important than ever before. Every guest in this hall will be welcomed back here at any time, should they wish to come. I say to you all once again, in the light of Lord Voldemort's return, we are only as strong as we are united, mm-hmm. as weak as we are divided. Mm-hmm. That's a really important line, even for, like, life everything right now. Everything in life. Everything mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. Like, we, literally everything. I'm going to say it again. Do it. We are only as strong as we are united, as weak as we are divided divisiveness does nothing does nothing except tear you apart and make you vulnerable so okay i'm gonna go on lord voldemort's gift for spreading discord and 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 minute and enmity is very great (laughs) (laughs) we can fight it only by showing an equally strong bond of friendship and trust differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our (gasps) aims are identical and our hearts are open we can fight it only by showing an equally strong bond of friendship and trust Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. Mm-hmm. I wish somebody would read that. It would be good for them to learn. It is my belief, and never have I so hoped that I am mistaken, that we are all facing dark and difficult times. Some of you in this hall have already suffered directly at the hands of Lord Voldemort. Many of your families have been torn asunder. That's a weird word. A week ago, a student was taken from our midst. Remember Cedric. 
Remember, if the time should come when you have to make a choice between what is right and what is easy. That is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Remember what happened to a boy who was good and kind and brave because he strayed across the path of Lord Voldemort. Remember Cedric Diggory. Oh, my God. That last part. I know. (laughs) Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, like he was he is the epitome of like that innocent person just in the line of fire yep not yeah. com- to not to be confused with the goblet of fire but yeah. literally in the line of fire he is he is innocence he's a life taken too soon and he is it's just it's just so it's one of those things where you're like it's just not fair mm-hmm. yeah that yeah that that this entire speech is just like so it's relevant. It's so good. It's so relevant. But it's it relevant. It teaches so history. many lessons. Mm-hmm. It teaches so many lessons in like really a paragraph. Two paragraphs. It's simple. Preach it, Joe. Um, can we take a moment? Katie doesn't have a drink. Oh, can we yeah. Raise our glasses Please. to Cedric. Yes. To Cedric. To Cedric. <laughs> we're laughing because katie has nothing katie in has hands, none but some, to cedric i'm gonna sip some airs um also shall we pour one out i know we probably did before pour it out for cedric yes. pour one out for cedric <sighs> so i found a really good reddit feed is that what it's called feed i don't know about Dumbledore's speech. What, 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 what do millennials say? Right. Right. I don't know. I'm not a millennial. I like pink. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's a total bop. Is that what they say? No, that's not a thing. Yes. No, it is not. Yes. yes. Who says it? Everybody. I'm everybody, and I don't. I will say Stan. I never. A lot of people saying Stan now. Stan, oh, I've Stan heard. Bop, I haven't. Okay, well, anyway, let's go to Reddit. Mm-hmm. So that last paragraph that I read, you know, the Remember Cedric Diggory. Um, this Sarah. person this person on Reddit, their name is Kathleen Light. Did you Thread it? Thread it. It's called Thread It. I Thread It. Oh, my gosh. It's such a bop. <laughs> I stand Thread It. Thread It. All right. So anyway, I always found this a very powerful speech of Dumbledore's and even more so rereading the books as an adult. But I always struggled to get exactly what Dumbledore meant with this part of it. The last part. If the time should come, you have to make a choice between what is right and what is easy. Remember what happened to Cedric, basically. Yep. Yep. I get that he's trying to tell the students to do the right thing. But back when I first read it as a teenager, I thought that perhaps it was badly written because it almost sounded as though he was saying Cedric did the right thing and look what happened to him. Mm. Yet that clearly wasn't the message which is intended. Later, I felt like he was saying that Cedric died because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, not because of anything that he did, but because he was unlucky enough to meet Voldemort. But that doesn't really fit with the right versus easy choice moral message either. More recently, I've been thinking about it again, and I suppose that he's meaning something like if you're unsure what to do, it would be an honor to Cedric's memory to do the right thing. But I still feel like I don't get this part. Um, What do you guys think? And then I really liked some... uh, Two people responded, and I liked it. It says, I took it as... This is Ravenpuff. I took it as... (laughs) <laughs> it is you. Oh, actually, I think their name is Sluggy Cat. 
I don't know. Anyway, I took it as evil is indiscriminate about who it hurts. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Making the easy choice, making the easy choice will not always save you. Mm. And then Fred Bright Frog said Cedric wasn't doing the right thing or making the hard choice. He was just a nice boy participating in a school sporting event and he got killed anyway. When the enemy is willing to kill innocent people indiscriminately, simply trying to do the easy thing and keep your head down and hope for the best is not enough. Mm -hmm. To do so is to let things like Cedric's death keep happening. Tyranny cannot be stopped by just staying silent. The good people must come together and oppose such evil. And he proved... he proved right when the ministry and general adult wizarding population tried to take the easy path and remain apathetic and in denial over the course of the next two years. By doing so, they allowed Voldemort to rise to power and conquer wizarding Britain much more easily than he should have been able to. I like that, that makes second sense. response a yeah. lot. And But what I took from it is, okay, so making the choice between what is right and what is easy and remembering Cedric, who was basically this innocent kid um that got caught right yeah so when it's easy for you to give in to Voldemort's dark side they're powerful they're deadly they're dangerous it's scary it's like getting caught up with a bully if a bully is like terrorizing the school and is like coming up to you and is like, hey, why don't you know you join my group and stuff? And, you know, we'll protect you because like we're one and I'm the big, strong bully. Right. That's the easy choice to make. The hard choice right. to make is to say go away. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that's also what I think. And if you remember Cedric, remember how he was this innocent person who basically just was the spare to Voldemort, but not to everybody else. And it's like, remember him. And if you need to make the choice, remember how, like, he was just there. And if you make the good choice, maybe there won't be other Cedrics. Maybe there won't be other people who are killed because they were there in the, quote, spare. Right. I like that. I like both. Yeah. Well, I think, too, you can even t- go back to just, you might be speaking to people that, um, you know, I think of Neville in the first book when he says, you know, it takes a lot of courage to stand up to your enemies, but it takes even more to stand up to your friends. You know, that could be part of, you know, some of these people might have friends that are choosing to do, to side with Voldemort because it's easier and they don't want to do it. You have to t- choose what's right or what's easy. And that's not always an easy choice, you know? Yeah. For sure. Sometimes it's very difficult. Especially when you're afraid. Yeah. Fear does a lot of things to people. Also, when you're young. Scare tactics is what they call them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're going to be back in a moment. We've got some cool things to tell you and break up this little uh, sad, sad story right here. First up, we have ROR Apparel, which is Room of Requirement Apparel, and they are an awesome, brand new Harry Potter themed T-shirt shop. Um, I discovered them through Instagram. It is so cool. So it's basically like a speakeasy 
online shop. I'm in. You need a password Are to get in. in? Well, yeah. Do you have the password? I, I have a sh- well, I have the password. Meg has the password. <laughs> the password is, is- Habit Draconis? Ascendity! And I'll spell that for you. Yeah, you I was going to say, how in the world? But let me tell you more about them first. Yeah, so me. anyway, they have exclusive t-shirts every month. Um, the first, they did two the first month, and they were kind enough to send them to us. So soft. We got the Society for the Reformation of Hags and also Fire Whiskey. That is a super cool shirt. They're, They're really awesome. Cool. No, it's not. It's a really hot shirt. Oh, bye, Sarah. <laughs> Go it's and check. Fire. It's on fire. We'll post we'll post pictures of them on our social media so that you can see them. But if you go to rorapparel.com and type in the password, which is Ascendere, you know, the spell that Gilderoy Lockhart does with the snake. It is A-S-C-E-N-D-A-R-E, and it will get you into their website to purchase the t-shirts. Um, you can also go to their Instagram, which is ror.apparel. And if you go onto her website, like you can just message them and ask for the password and they'll give it to you. But mm-hmm. like you have to acquire it somehow to be able to go in. Right. So it's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll like update you guys whenever we know new passwords as it changes and what the new designs might look like. Yeah, it's and all nice that kind quality of stuff. stuff. Yeah, the um, I got the Reformation of Society for the Reformation of Hags. That shirt. The blue color is beautiful, yeah. and it is super soft. It is. It is super, super soft. I dig it. I can't wait to wear it. Next up is Plum Deluxe Tees, which is the tea that we were talking about. Oh, tees. Oh, tees. Somebody told me to read it like his uh, Bill Burr's Sherry's Berries, and I can't remember Sherry's how he does berries. Sherry's Berries. <laughs> Can you read it like Florence, Megan? What are your requests, Megan? Because she does it so bad. Plum Deluxe. (laughs) Plum Deluxe. Use our link down below to join the tea club. If you do, we get credit for it, which we super appreciate. It will be in the description of this podcast and on all of our social medias. And that was like Western. Okay. It's 10. It's either 10 or $16 a month to join the tea club. Depending on what you choose, you can either get one or two teas per month. We tried. Tiffany, yes. Let's what talk about. did you try? This was the apple cinnamon. Ap- yeah. Apple cinnamon tea. Yeah. Which is. We should mention. All the absolutely. Are delicious. they all loose leaf? Okay. Yes. So they are. Which is better for the environment. Loose. They, they are loose leaf. They are fair trade, they're organic, and they're handmade blends. Got it. Awesome. Anyways, let's talk about this apple cinnamon, okay? Yours tasted like an apple crumble cake in liquid form, It is. So some of these apple cinnamon teas out there, because it's it's literally my favorite scent for like a candle and stuff, and it's my favorite. I like more apple-y, spicy scents. I don't like the sweet ones, but yes. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite scents, and now I feel like I can enjoy it by drinking it. And it's not a harsh cinnamon. The best way I can describe it is that it is smooth. Yeah, I agree. And it's like these teas that we tried, we got, so we got to like pick some to test out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I picked like two or three different chais because it's like that season. It's just like chai season, you know, like when Mm -hmm. you're drinking tea, you want like something spicy and warm. So we got a pumpkin spice chai, a regular chai, and then like a smoky chai, 
We didn't try the smoky one yet, but Katie wanted to try that one. I got here late. Sorry. It's, those are popular, um, like in Scotland. Like smoky a lot of Scottish teas, teas are smoky. Smoked things are like sometimes too much for me. Yes, like salmon. Yes. Sometimes so. I like it. Sometimes I don't. I'm excited to try it, but I yeah. tried the regular chai tea, and it's super good. And what Very I like good. about loose leaf chais, I don't know why, I like specifically loose leaf for me, but like I don't, I never need to sweeten them, which is like the best. Yeah, I can just drink it. I can put it. I can put my little We're llama like tea opposites. infuser in there, and let it steep. And I can just leave it in there and let it get super strong, which I love, and just drink it with no. Where do I buy these things? Amazon, just Target you just infuser. Fill it up. Just yeah. fill it up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need to start doing this I mean, more. Also, okay. What, what you Plum can do deluxe. too is just put it like in a teapot, and then they have little like strainers, strainers that you put on top of your cup, and you just um, also, also. Okay, Amazon. I'm into this. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to do bag teas um, anymore because now I have plump deluxe teas, and they were very good. And like, what's funny though is like I drink my coffee black, and Megan does not. But I don't drink my tea black. Like <laughs> I put I honey and milk in my tea. Give yeah. a little just, opposite. Birds. Just enough to like. It's just so good. Like having a nice like. There's. I drink tea year round, mm-hmm. but I drink iced tea during the warmer months. Um, and then so during the cold months, like Megan was saying, like chai tea. That chai tea was very good. I like the apple one. I like have to like season. have my own little cup with some honey. Can I be real? Some milk. I've never had chai tea. It's good. Really. Oh, cinnamony. That's what I've been drinking for the last like Mm. week. Is it caffeinated? There's not always caffeinated ones. You can get herbal ones. Some of them do have black. If they have black tea in the blend, then it's caffeinated. But you can get some herbal chais. Okay, I'm willing. I'm let's. Maya just a pumpkin, like a pumpkin chai tea. They, yeah, they so Plum Deluxe sent us a pumpkin good. one. I want to try it. I didn't it's open so that one. But I again, I like mine. A Next time. Sweet. Next yeah. time. Yeah. Next week. I no, get tried two lattes weeks. all the time from Starbucks. You do do that. It's so good. It's just okay. spicy and yummy. It's just like a nice little treat. Yeah. To myself. All right. So okay, well, whenever you join the club, yes. the tea club, have a you tea also get free <laughs> shipping on like any other purchases that you do beyond that. So like if you like go on and buy other tea blends besides your monthly one. You get free shipping, you get special discounts as a member, and they'll like send you emails and stuff, and then you can cancel it at any time. But we You're will have a link in our description for this podcast. If you want to join, just go and click it and sign up and enjoy some tea. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Very good. And I like loose sleep tea anyways. That's like my favorite kind of thing. It truly Same. is better, man. Yeah. You know what I like? I like that we have our coffee with Expedition Roasters and we have our teas with Palm Deluxe. We're like, we're all set. set. We're all set. Okay, guys, we have one more um, thing to tell you about. So there's another Etsy shop called Magically Styled. And I, no lie, have been following her Instagram page for months because I just like love her aesthetic and I love all of the designs that she puts out but she makes really cute Potter inspired t-shirts um so shout out to Shauna she sent us this, uh, bless you Sorry. bless you um she sent us these adorable head witch in charge shirts for each of us like we all got our house which is yes. really cute um and you can go follow her on Instagram at magically styled and check out her Etsy shop, which is also called Magically Styled. And if you go to her Etsy shop, you can use code SWISHFLICK10 for 10% off your purchase. Let's do it. So that's fun. I am. But I love them. And I'm going to 
for sure post pictures of those shirts as well. Yes. And they, um, again, it's called Magically Styled. The only thing I have an issue with is all of your shirts are lies because I'm the head with charge. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> all right, Kate. Back, you're up. Bring back, we're back. back. Our regular <laughs> scheduled program. All right. You're just one ray of sunshine that's just going to bring us regularly. I don't have a problem with my yellow. I think you need to mellow on my yellow. It's just a lot, but I love it. No. Do you know? Well, I can't say that. Shoulders to toes, yellow. Yeah, accurate. Do you know what your voice reminded me of? right then is in um, Mrs. Doubtfire where he's watching the old guy do the dinosaur show and he's like and this is the prehistoric Tyrannosaurus Rex I've never seen it what I wasn't listening what, what movie Mrs. Doubtfire oh, oh yes, I've yes, seen yes, it I've never yes. seen it I just killed Tiffany the thing at the end yeah so good Jonathan, Jonathan. I love Robin Williams such a good movie. I have homework to do yeah. All right. God. It's right. such a good movie. I've heard it's, nothing but great things. I've honestly, it. it's it's just so good. Hello. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Harry's trunk is all packed up, and the trio is in the entrance hall waiting for those no longer horseless carriages. Awkward But it might moment. be right now. Uh, she didn't mention it. They're not there. They're not I don't there think it's yet. processed, no. right? Yeah, so they're, it's, not they're, they're not there yet. Okay. So here comes Fleur floor tiffany you're welcome delacour yeah. running over to say goodbye to harry yes ma'am. typical meg katie gets oh, one sentence <laughs> and goes up do you think that like i know that she said do you think she ran or do you think she floated because she's a villa <laughs> no i this is about the festival. do you think she covered her behind yeah like do you think that Possible. she forgot or do you, and like that was I mean, like we said before, didn't she say people, she forgot? People did she? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I thought that she was just highway. like, no, it has didn't sink in yet. I mean, honestly, it's a nice cover up. She it didn't know that people up. were going to be like this. Oh, accurate. <laughs> you know, like, um, doing excuse that? me. It's making me uncomfortable. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so here comes Fleur running up to say bye, um, and she tells Harry that she hopes that they'll see each other again because she's hoping to get a job. Here to improve her English. Oh, AKA she wants only to that. And Ron's like, "Oh, your English is already very good already." Oh and Hermione's gosh. like, "Please, <laughs> please." <laughs> so then Fleur runs off, and just as Ron is like, "I wonder how the Dermsing students are going to get back to school," Crumb shows up, and Ron's like, "Okay, so do the students steer the ship without Karkaroff?" And Crumb's like, "No, he didn't steer. He stayed in his cabin and made us do all the work." What? A turn. <laughs> I mean, we knew this. Yeah. No, like, I was not surprised. Time. Right. So Crumb asks Hermione for a bird. A bird. <laughs> and Ron's like craning his neck over the crowd, trying to see what they might be up to. But they come Smooching. back pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Crumb looks to Harry and he says that he liked Diggory. He was always polite to him. Always. Even though he was from Durmstrang with Kargaroff. So Crumb really doesn't like his background, and we know that from the beginning because he seems to like Hogwarts a lot compared to Dormstring. Mm-hmm. So Harry asks, like, do you guys have a new headmaster yet? And Crumb's like, eh, I don't know. I don't he just, like, doesn't he done with school anyways? Like, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. should be. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, I really don't theirs think cares, works, actually. like if, how long they go till, but right. like. Right, you're 17, 18 years old. Bye. It, it just seems that it, as Graduate. if, like, if he feels this way about Karkaroff, like, 
It kind of seems as if this isn't a real surprise. Yeah. Like him taking off like that. So I wonder like how the other students feel if they're also like, seems like he's, you know, Karkaroff's being a Karkaroff right now. <laughs> like that's just like something that he would do. Nobody seems to be like traumatized by him leaving. Where'd because you go? Or, put yeah. yourself in that position. You know, think about, um, I didn't do this personally, but I know a lot of eighth grades go to DC, right? For their mm-hmm. little eighth grade trip. Think about if you're at, D- you're in DC and all of a sudden your teacher and chaperone, they're boom, gone. Think about how you would feel. Like we had like a plethora. So it would be Say you only had one. That makes me anxious just thinking about it. Right. Having one person. I know we only see Crumb in this moment, but it's like kind of feels like no one's surprised. Yeah. Do you think maybe. Or maybe since Crumb maybe knew, quote, knew him the best that it didn't shock him. He That's knew his background and knew that maybe, you know, oh, Voldemort's back and Karkaroff's gone. Maybe, do you think Crumb's like, ooh, maybe he's with Voldemort? Or do you think, like, ooh, maybe he's, like, booked it? Right. Voldy's back, 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 back again. Stop trying again, to update, again. computer. Voldy's back, back, back. Tell your death daddies. Oh, my God. <laughs> it really makes me uncomfortable, and I wish you guys would stop. I didn't say it! I'm never going to stop. All right. Crumb shakes okay. Harry's hand and Ron's hand. And Ron looks like he's having this really painful internal struggle. So after Crumb starts walking away, Ron bursts out. Can I have your autograph? Oh, my God. It's like and, the last second. <laughs> right. And it does make Hermione smile, which is cute. And Ron does get his autograph after wanting it all year. Even he's he hated so his guts stubborn. for a good chunk of it as well. He's just jealous. <laughs> and he doesn't know how to talk about his feelings. Or deal with them. (laughs) So the weather is completely different from when they rode in on the train in September when it was all cruddy. But there's not a single cloud in the sky today. So Harry gets like one peaceful day before the start of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they got a compartment all to themselves and they were able to talk more fully and freely than they had all week. Quote, Harry felt as though Dumbledore's speech at the leaving leaving feast had unblocked him somehow. It was less painful to discuss what happened now. So they didn't stop talking until the lunch trolley came around and Hermione takes out um, her copy of the Daily Prophet to read while they're eating. And she's like, no, Harry, don't don't worry. There's nothing in here about you. I've been checking every day. Um, There's only been a small piece about the third task to say you won. It didn't even mention Cedric Diggory. How's that for a cover up? And yeah, Hermione just thinks that Fudge is forcing them all to keep it quiet. Did you do those capitalizations on purpose? (laughs) No, but that's pretty great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so Harry's like, well, he's never going to be able to keep Rita Skeeter quiet. Like not like a story like this. Mm-hmm. And Hermione's like, oh, Rita hasn't written anything since the third task. Ooh. Ooh. I got to find it. Hold on. You would think that, that they might want her to write something about it. Well, they don't know where she's at. She knows. So I'm going to read from the chapter because <laughs> it's just too good to not. So her voice is like. Oddly constrained. And she says, as a matter of fact, she added her voice now trembling slightly, Rita Skeeter isn't going to be writing anything at all for a while, not unless she wants me to spill the beans on her. What are you talking about, said Ron. I found out she was listening in on private conversations, but she wasn't supposed to be coming onto the ground, said Hermione in a rush. Harry had the impression that Hermione had been dying to tell them this for days, but that she had restrained <laughs> herself in light of everything else that had happened. How was she doing? How was she doing it? Said Harry at once. How did you find out? Said Ron, staring at her. Well, it was really you. It was you, really, who gave me the idea, Harry. 
Did I, said Harry, perplexed? How? Bugging, said Hermione happily. But you said they didn't work. Oh, no, not electronic bugs, said Hermione. <laughs> no, you see, Rita Skeeter, Hermione's voice trembled with quiet triumph, is an unregistered animagus. She can turn. Hermione pulled a small sealed glass jar out of her bag into a beetle. You're kidding, said Ron. You haven't. She's not. Oh, yes, she is, said Hermione happily, brandishing the jar at them. Inside were a few twigs and leaves and one large Can you imagine her filling this jar? Okay, Rita, here's your little twig. This, to me, is a kind of Slytherin thing to do. It is. Okay. At the end of the day, this is not right. No, No, it's very mean. It's very not right. This is like Moody in the trunk, not Mm -hmm. as vicious. I would have done this. Well, yeah, but just <laughs> nobody's nobody's debating that, Megan. You this is very that. much, you know, um, like um, how, what's the word I'm looking for for a Slytherin trait? You know, of I'm I'm going to essentially she's blackmailing her because she's like it's I will preservation in yes. a sense. Because, I will tell yeah. on you essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing that she has like an end goal, like eventually like letting her out. But at yeah. the end of the day, it's not right. You're my pet peeve. And I will pet you. <laughs> I'll put you on the windowsill with Ron's frog spawn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's never... You're kidding, Ron whispered, lifting the jar to his eyes. No, I'm not, said Hermione, beaming. I caught her on the windowsill on the hospital wing. Look very closely and you'll notice the markings around her antenna, antenna are exactly like those foul glasses she wears. Can I read a quote yes. from Emily Adams in our Discord chat? You know what? She needed a timeout. At least she gave her a <laughs> stick. <laughs> and please. I mean, oh, God. accurate. It is. It's like an epic timeout. <laughs> so, Goodness. So Harry sees that she's right. She does have those markings, which is the mark of an animagus. You have mm-hmm. something that resembles you. Um, so then Harry remembers... That there was a beetle on the statue that night when him and Ron were outside after the Yule Ball. And they heard Hagrid telling Madame Maxine about him and his mom. How you remember there's a beetle on a statue? <laughs> you know, there's lots of bugs out in the world. It was, right. like, called out in the book, though. It was. So, like, maybe that means that, like, Harry specifically... Like, there are just weird things that you'll remember. I and it'll Harry's be something that, that sticks with you. Harry's that kind of person, too. Yeah. So. Um, and then Hermione's like, yeah. And when... Um, at the lake, Crumb had pulled a beetle out of my hair after we had our conversation. Oh, and she intimate. guesses correctly that Rita was on the windowsill during that divination class that Harry fell asleep and his scar hurt. And then Ron's like, well, what a Malfoy on the grounds when he was like talking into his hand. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> he was talking to Rita in his hand, which is kind of creepy that he's like holding this woman in the palm of his hand. <laughs> he's got the whole woman <laughs> in his hand. I could he's got crush the whole you. woman in his hands. <laughs> Um, so Hermione told Rita, who was buzzing angrily against the glass jar and her twigs and leaves, <laughs> that she would be let that she would let her out in London. So she had thought about it all. She put an unbreakable charm on the jar so she couldn't transform, and she had told her that she needed to keep her quill to herself for a whole year. Quote: See if she can't break the, break the habit of writing horrible lies about people. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying this right here is like setting up Hermione's B.A. nature for the next book because like she really she really implements Dumbledore's army. And like I think that like this is kind of like the beginning of her. She is still like a rule follower. She's still 
She's still Hermione, but she, she has play by that, her own rules. She has that side to her where it's like I'm going to I'm going to go outside of my comfort zone to do what I think is right, even if that means going behind a teacher's back to form this club and do this thing that I think is really important mm-hmm. and this. I mean like Rita was savage. So like I don't feel bad, but that doesn't mean she deserved it. Like Rita? What I'm saying is like oh, but she did. but what I'm saying is it's kind of that's like ab- abusive. Yeah. And it's eh. not okay. It's hard to think about that because you yes. want justice. It, yeah. it it it's one of those things that's like one of those ethical questions that people yes. pose all the time that are so difficult to answer. It's like, yeah. yeah, stealing is wrong, but stealing food for your family is that, right? You know what I mean? It's like not saying it's like that, but it's like one of those types of questions, Kate. I hear you. Um, I was just have two things. So what did she feed her? Because she's been in there for a week. Aphids. She, like just picking little leaves, things. I would assume. She has to eat the leaves? I would assume Probably. she's a bug. Doesn't that what bugs eat? I don't know. I, don't I know, know ladybugs like aphids. And two, did what? she put this on aphids. her resume when she became minister for magic? Lived in a jar for... No, Hermione a once day? kept a human being in a jar for a week. <laughs> <laughs> I should be no. minister of magic. <laughs> or minister I think of that, magic. I think that like the whole ethical question, though, like... I mean, I'm not saying that, yes, this is 100% okay, but at the end of the day, sometimes there are things that you have to do in uncomfortable situations. Oh, would you say for the greater good, would you? For the greater good. Ah! She's protecting her family. No, it's kind of like She's putting not... her in jail, right? Right. I just, I'm not okay with it. I, don't, I think that's something you just have to stop and think about just... We laugh and we joke like when we were kids and we were reading about, you know, Draco being thrown about as a ferret. Like, it's kind of, to uh, me, it's the same situation. I yeah. don't compare these two things at all. Because think about the damage that she would have done had Hermione not done this. Possible. It still doesn't make it okay, in my mind. I, I'm just saying, it's, you know... It's, it's one of it's those not things. A nice, it's not a nice it's a thing. Fuzzy line. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's hard to decide what you think because, like, if somebody does something wrong and you automatically think, okay, there needs to be, like, harsh punishment or whatever, and it's like, okay, well, what is appropriate? And it's like you want to do that backlash. You want to do that internal thing where, like, you know, I, sometimes I feel like it's human nature to want to get back at people mm-hmm. even though it's not right. Yeah, it's hard, but it's hard. And clearly none of us are perfect. And she writes imperfect characters perfectly. And I I don't love Rita. I don't like her or anything like that. I think what she does is horrendous. But that doesn't, for me, justify the fact that someone did something not great to her. Just my opinion. As Vinny said in the chat, and I was thinking this too, maybe she should have just blown Rita's cover. (laughs) For sure. I think, and, and you know, at the yeah. end of the day, she's 15. Yeah. And true. I think that, I think that like, um, shoot, there was something I was going to say and it was good and now I lost it. <laughs> but I think basically like it's in this moment in time in Harry Potter, who would have held Rita accountable? Mm. at the ministry who would have held oh, her accountable no one and i think that that's what hermione was thinking Probably. and i and i think that like it is it is fair to take those things into account when judging her is this necessarily what hermione should have done i mean probably you, not you can say that about 
a lot of the yeah. characters. I'm not saying this makes Hermione a horrible person, a bad person, or anything. I just don't agree with what she did. But, I mean, again, like we've said, she is 15, and they're, yeah. you know, it's, all these other things. It's just something I want people to stop and think for a second before they're like, ha-ha, that's so funny that they put her in a jar. But, like, it's not I, just the, want you to, I just want you to take a step back and, like, just look at the situation. It's not that's a all. Barty Crouch Jr. with a Malfoy situation. He was an adult man. You yeah. know, this is a yeah. teenage girl. Right. Anyways, who knew you could talk so much about a bug in a jar? Who knew? Who knew? Schwell. It's blue. Yep. It's all about me. Um, Malfoy, turn, turn Crabbe, and Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Um, so they turn up and Malfoy's like, oh, you're so clever. Clever girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I they're appreciate that. essentially, you're welcome. They're more arrogant than ever, Malfoy specifically, because, you know, his dude's back. And he's like asking them, are, are you trying not to think about it, pretending it hasn't happened? Basically talking about Voldemort being back. Um, and Harry tells him to get out. And he says to him, you've picked the losing side, Potter. I warned you. I told you you ought to choose your company more carefully. Remember when we met on the train first day of Hogwarts? I told you not to hang around with riffraff like this. He jerked his head at Hermione and Ron, except it says Hermione or Ron and Hermione. <laughs> Too late now, Potter. They'll be the first to go now that the Dark Lord's back. Mudbloods and muggle lovers first. Well, second. Diggory was, and he doesn't even get the word Jeez, out. Jeez, um, And when, like, I was reading this, I literally, like, typed some notes, and then I had to go back and erase them because it was, like, talking about fireworks. I'm like, someone set fireworks out? Like, I read the, I read the little paragraph. So it seemed, because there were so many spells being thrown at him, um, and, you know, Crab and Goyle, because they're all standing right there. All at the same time. Um, and I literally, this is what I wrote. Malfoy doesn't get to finish his sentence because thumo- someone was throwing elbows or, you know, whatever the kids say. Is that something they say? I don't know. Yeah, like five Gotta catch these ago. hands. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. Spe- sending many a spell towards the three Slytherins. And basically, like, in a blink of the eye, all of the three boys are unconscious on the ground. So mm-hmm. Ron, Harry, and Hermione had all sent spells that would, like, towards them. Um, and they weren't the only ones. So Fred comes around the corner. Um, or comes into the compartment. He, I think, he literally steps on Goyle to get in he there. Um, yeah, and he's like, "Whoa, you know." He's like, "I wanted to see what they wanted to say, like before I did something." Um, and then George comes right in after him. So um, we see Harry use the vernunculus curse. I don't know if I said that, that right. Was very nice. But this is the pimple spell, and then um, George used jelly legs, which is you know my jinx and stuff. Basically, and so they're looking at crabs specifically, and they're like, "Ooh, those pro- two probably shouldn't have been mixed, because it looked like he had sprouted little tentacles all over his face." Well, basically, it- he got jelly legs on his face as pimples. Yeah, and Ew. I tried to see like it didn't really say in the paragraph if they were like wiggling, but in my mind, they are. Same. I've always pictured that. That's yeah. So why weird. would they yeah. be still? No, those those suckers are jello. literally get it because they're tentacles. Why would they be still? Tentacles move. Anyways, they didn't leave the boys there because they wanted to, like, essentially get them out of their compartment and close the door. So Ron, Harry, and George, they moved them into the compart- or the corridor by kicking, rolling, and pushing them. Um, so then, you know, they leave them out there. They start playing Exploding Snaps. And after a few rounds, Harry, like, realizes they never really got the answer of, like, who they were blackmailing that um, and all that stuff. And so they ask. And, you know, they're like, oh, it really doesn't matter now. We gave up. Yeah, da, da, da. But anyways, it was Ludo Bagman. What? Anyways, it turns out Ludo paid them in leprechaun gold after winning the bet during the Quidditch World Cup. 
Um, and they're like, what? What does that matter? And they're like, well, again, you know, with leprechaun gold, it disappears. So by the next morning, it was gone. And so they really were just trying to get the money that he owed them. And Hermione's like, oh, it must have been a mistake. Like, whatever. Um, and they were like, well, we thought so, too. So they tried to get a hold of him, and he kept making excuses and really making it difficult for them to get their money back. And then he kept, like, they kept at it. And, you know, they kept seeing him because he kept coming to Hogwarts the whole um, tournament and everything. And he finally, like, started getting nasty with them, and he was telling them they're too young to gamble. And then they finally were like, we, then just give us our original money back. And he refused to give their money back. Um, and then it turns out, anyways, that Ludo is in big trouble with the goblins. Mm-hmm. So at the World Cup, he was cornered by a gang of them. And they basically, like, took all of the money that he had on him, and it still wasn't enough to cover what he owed them. Do you remember we, like, saw that happening whenever the trio was running through the mm-hmm. forest, just calling back to earlier in the book? Um, so Ludo basically doesn't even have two yep. galleons to rub together. I love that saying. Um, and he even tried to bet on Harry to win, like, for the tournament so he could pay off some of his debts to the goblins. But um, they basically said, like, because Harry technically didn't win, he drew, <laughs> he like, yeah. him, um, it was a draw between him and Cedric. And the goblins are very, like, um, they could be very tricky. So, like, with the exact wordings, they're like, no, you said that Harry had to win outright. So it had to be completely just Harry winning for Ludo to win since it wasn't. Ludo has to pay all the money back. Makes me think of Grip Hook with the sword and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Very cunning. So he ran instead. Maybe he's off with Carcarol. Everybody's running. Yeah. Um, Hide your kids. Hide your wife. I was going to say that. (laughs) The goblins are after us. (laughs) Um, And so, like, Harry's like, oh, my gosh. It now makes so much sense why Ludo was, like, so intent on helping me to win and, like, all those other things. And, like, I get it now, like, looking back. Yeah. Yeah. and so then the train is finally pulling into the station. Harry is kind of sad because really he's like, I could, he could just stay on that train for the whole summer, you know, with his friends and not have to go and really think about all the stuff that has happened and go back to the Dursleys because, you know, they're gross. Um, so, like, everyone starts getting their things. They're climbing over the boys in the corridor because no, nothing happened with them. They're just still unconscious lying on the ground. But Harry holds back and then he asks his friend George to hold back as well. So he takes all of his winnings from the tournament, like, out of his luggage, and he thrusts it into George's hands, and he's like, here, I want you to, ha- like, take the money. I don't want it. And I'm going to read you what George says, because it's important, and I enjoy their conversation. Tell me. So he says, you're mental, said George, trying to push it back at Harry. No, I'm not, said Harry. You take it and get inventing. It's for the joke shop. He is mental, Fred said in an almost odd voice. Listen, said Harry firmly, if you don't take it, I'm throwing it down the drain. I don't want it and I don't need it, but I could do with a few laughs. We could all do with a few laughs. I've got a feeling we're going to need them more than usual before long. Harry, said George weakly. Uh, Yep, I don't know why. That just made me think of something else. Sorry. Weighing the money bag in his hands. There's got to be a thousand galleons in here. Yeah, said Harry, grinning. Think about how many canary creams that is. (laughs) The twins stared at him. Just don't tell your mom where you got it, although she might not be too keen or be so keen for you to join the ministry anymore. Come to think of it. Um, But that reminds me, like, with um, our conversation with James Payton, you know, we're talking about, like, when his dad died and how they're like a part of the reason he like went into acting was to like help people like laugh through those hard times. And I know for me with sad things like going on 
um, I like to laugh and I like to find the joy in things. So I like that Harry's like, we're going to need laughter in our lives like more than anything. So, you know, get to get to joking, man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Also, yeah, she probably doesn't want you to work at the ministry because it's cropped. Well, honestly, like, that's a good thing because yeah. they would have never been suited for ministry no. work. Um, and so... Fred starts again. He's like, Harry, Fred began, but Harry pulled out his wand. Dude's not messing around. No, he's not. Look, he said flatly, take it or I'll hex you. I know some good ones now. Just do me one favor, okay? Buy Ron some dress, different dress robes and say they're from you. Honestly, though, but like Harry is really, obviously he's pulling out his wand. He's really serious about getting this money out of his hands. Yeah. Like every time he feels it and sees it, it's like a reminder. reminder. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, Poke. I oh. <laughs> I really, I really, really like the idea of the joke shop and, and, and bringing light to people in such a dark time. Um, and it's like a reminder that you need to laugh. You and know? honestly, when you walk by it in Orlando, it, there, you can't do anything but smile. Like yeah. walk yeah. by it, see it from down yeah. the street, go inside it. Everything is bright and it's orange and it's green and it's pink. And it's, I just love it. It's happy. It you literally know? is a beacon of light. Yeah. Um, so then Harry leaves the compartment. He's stepping over Crab, Malfoy, and Goyle, who are all still covered in their hex marks. And I thought, like, right as I'm like, gosh, I wonder, like, what happened to them? Like, I'm sure their families, specifically Luscious Malfoy, was probably mm, a little peeved. Well, Malfoy gets Harry back. I guess it's true. But. Breaks his nose. True. <laughs> Puts him under a stinking cloak. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I, and I'm thinking like, how come like no one got in trouble, like doing spells on the train, but I guess there's no like real adult except for I bet lady. you it's because the trolley, witch's fingers got like, like <laughs> tied together. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's gross. Um, She's gross. And nasty. So they get off the train. He sees Uncle Vernon waiting for him and Mrs. Weasley is kind of standing near him. She hugs Harry tightly and tells him to keep in touch. Um, and she tells him, she's like, I think Dumbledore's going to let you come stay like later in the summer. Um, so Harry says goodbye to his friends. Ron claps him on his back. I just wanted to put that in because then I talk about Hermione kisses his cheek. She's never done that before. And she's like worried about him because she's a good friend. And then the twins thank him again. And he gives them a wink before heading towards his uncle getting into the car. And I wrote because I really like this. There is no point worrying yet, he told himself as he got into the back of the Dursley's car. As Hagrid had said, what would come would come, and he would have to meet it when it did. Tis the end of Goblet. That is right there carries us all the way to seven. This has been Audible. (laughs) (laughs) No, you guys. The The end of a book. The end of a book. I I feel like we've been on Goblet for 80 years, and I'm kind of over it's it. I been need 80 new material. Years. What year is it? Literally, though, <laughs> I, we've been, it's been over a year because I finished this book we, last year. We did actually begin Goblet, I think, around the holidays. Yeah. I think it's been almost exactly a year. Because I finished. Or no, didn't we? Didn't we start it after July? I don't yes. know. Wasn't Look on this last year. Look on the podcast yes. app. It's been a, over a year because I when we well, when Bridget they're and not going to get any shorter <laughs> when we went to um, not much when we went to Florida last last December it was like the second weekend of December maybe the first 
when I finished reading the reread for myself of Goblet in Hogsmeade. Oh, yeah, yeah. A year ago. I'm ready to move on. Yeah. Let's talk about the prisoner. No, we're not. Who we're talking what? about? We're some, talking about some orders of some phoenixes. The phoenix eye. Fox going to the drive-thru. Do you think he wants chicken nuggets or is it like cannibalism? Spicy. Cannibalism. <laughs> oh, spicy chicken, spicy chicken nuggets. I'm just saying. Or that new sandwich from Arby's. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> he could be a vegan. Sponsor us, Arby's. He just might want potatoes. Oh, that'd be great. Wait. Did you get me mozzarella yes, sticks? Yes, I left them upstairs. <gasps> I them up. Lightning Told her I wanted them. Yeah. Jeez, that was like a whirlwind. <laughs> I, have, I have a lightning bolt. You have a bolt? You have a bolt? Bolt. I got bolt. one Latin bolt. Bout me. One word to describe this book and no one can repeat a word. Tiffany, go. Why does she get to go first? What if it's a hyphenated first. thing? I'll, I'll allow it. Turning point. Mm. That's not hyphenated. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, You're go. So, no, I go. <laughs> Meg. Uh, well, I'm not ready. No, I'm kidding. I will come up with one. Um, change. <gasps> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Get out. No more mozzarella sticks for you. Yeah, I'm eating them all. What? She won't. Um, I know. <laughs> I want to say a phrase, and I can't. I'll allow it. <gasps> the beginning what? of the end. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's good. They're all hyphenated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's one big hyphen. <laughs> I'm going to say two words because Tiffany basically said two words. I'm the only it's one hyphenated. <laughs> I'm the only one that listened to your question. St- storm brewing. Yeah. Oh. Storm a brewing. A brewing. Oh, it's a brewing. There's an apostrophe. Actually, do you know what? That was my mascot um, in grade school, a brewing. That's like great. Bruins. We were like St. Angela the Bruins. I got a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm single. I don't even have a boyfriend. I got no friends. Well. All right. Yeah. you stay stuff like a Bruins. Emma Watson would say, I'm self-partnered. That's right. I, As yeah. you should be. I read that and I was like, I identify with that. A yeah. Because honestly, not everybody wants somebody. And if you're cool with like doing you and being awesome i'm too busy to have anybody in my life you do you boo all right take it to the discord y'all have questions um i mean uh, as well um oh i got one how do you feel in one word not hyphenated no phrases (laughs) about (laughs) starting order soon happy excited apprehensive Mm. ready I like it. I was easier. I had four books. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I am just anxious about talking about Umbridge, though. Like, <sighs> honestly, I feel like we're gonna have more heated discussions. Not necessarily heated with us, but we just get irritated with her so much. She's a terrible person. So, but just doing what we always do, we're just gonna we're gonna make jokes. Because do you like jokes? I'm going to have to get really good at being vaguely political. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. Because we don't but do that. People will know what I mean. <laughs> They'll know what I'm saying. Read between the lines. <laughs> oh All right. um, let's talk about the fact that it's going to be May. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? It's going to be May. May. I'm... 
It's going to be a freaking sad book. Yeah. No, it's not great <laughs> for the emotion. Oh, jeez. Jeez Louise. Jeez Louise. Lita Lapidus. Why didn't the Phoenix order something happy? You get a oh, happy I thought you were telling a joke. I was going to be like, why? I mean, it was a joke. Because <laughs> he to did get it. To the other side. <laughs> to get to the next double Welcome door. Welcome to the other side. All right, let's Hello do these questions. The yes, we have to do these okay. questions. Emily Adams, what would you have done with Rita? I would have done exactly what Hermione did. I, well, <laughs> who would you, like, if you're going to rat her out, but, like, you go to the ministry, she's working for the ministry pretty much. Like, who do you tell? Dumbledore. I, I answered my own question. <laughs> so, I, so I guess, like, I would have, I I probably would have thought to put her in a jar and keep her there. I would I'm not have. Honest. I would have. I would have went right to Dumbledore because I've been like, I'm a child and I can't do this. But I would have outed her because like, Hermione like kind of just trusts her word and lets her go. Well, and, like, do you I'm think Hermione like had a bigger picture in mind I with think... writing for the Quibbler and all of that? Like we could use her. I yeah. might need her no. later. I think that if you if you think about so she no. we have that se- well uh, what I'm gonna no. say I'm gonna say like this so we okay. have that section where she's like she's not gonna write anything for it at least a year right well then they're talking about Ludo and they're like um, oh he gave us leprechaun gold that disappeared and she goes oh do you think it was a mistake I think she's too trusting of and thinks too yeah. highly of some people and it's like oh no they no one would do that because she's not a, not a mean person. She's not mean-spirited. She, I think, wants to see the best in people. Mm-hmm. And so she wants to tr- think. And that's, unfortunately, a naive thing to think. You know what I mean? Not everyone is nice. Not everyone has good intentions. Not everyone is is out there looking for the best in people. You know what I mean? That's um, like, and, and Rita's really not Rita... a nice person. We know this. I'm not, I don't like her at all. I'm not saying all of those things before, whatever. What I'm thinking is she's just hoping that she's going to stay true to her word, which she may or may not. Thankfully, she mm-hmm. does, which yes, is good. But, mm-hmm. but she could not have. And mm-hmm. I think that yeah. I would have been very focused on not trusting her based on the situations that went. And you know Hermione what? checked every single daily profit to make sure that yeah. it was a calendar year. But maybe she didn't have to be that trusting because I don't know what the repercussions are for being an unregistered animagus. Maybe it's serious. It could be. Black? Well, why don't we oh, ask really? him? Yeah. Hey. He would know. You know what I mean? Like, she might lose her job that way, so... He might chew her. We don't know. <laughs> it's true. Get it? Because it, it's serious. Like I burn... I feel though like I I'm a clumsy person. I probably would have smashed her by accident. That's what I was gonna say. Just sit on her. Like you know when Hermione goes to grab her, like I would have accidentally like. That and then me. I'd have a woman in my hand. It's murder. It's murder. murder. Would she have turned back into Rita? I would. This is the question. <laughs> but it's different with a teacup turning into a dog, vice versa, kind of thing. Is it though? Yes. In it my is. mind, it is it because is. they're two living things. Or like if you turn a teacup into a dog or another whatever and the thing, thing perishes, I would assume it would turn it. I don't know. I don't know. That's a whole discussion. Well, no one knows because dear Joe didn't answer. She stopped taking my phone calls. She told me that she was done with you. Yeah, I bet. Next question. Isaiah wants us to give Sammy. Hey, Sammy. His boyfriend. Yo, Sammy. What oh, Sammy. Oh, Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Does Mara. he make Sammys for you? Oh, oh. Sammy making a Sammy. Mara Nona T says, what do you think happened to Ludo after this book? He hid in shame. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, though, maybe the goblins got him. Got got by the gobs. Got got by the gobs. <laughs> he probably didn't end up well, you know? No, he was probably like 
just if he didn't get himself you have a gambling addiction and yeah yeah if, he had you know, problems unfortunately if you don't get yourself help yeah which i don't think he think he i don't think he thought he had a problem agreed so I'm going to combo these next two from They Call Me AK and Mia Gilly. Sure. So what would you have done with the money? And what would you have done with the money if Fred and George refused to take the money? So it's kind of the same question. Hmm. I would have put it in their bank accounts. I would have just, if they I literally opened... wouldn't take it, some kind of charity. Like, get it yeah. out of my hands. I would have uh, literally tried to set fund. up like a fund yeah. um, for them to open up their joke shop. Like, here's the money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want you to do something. Or, like you said, a charity. I something. would not keep it. I would... Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Yeah, I would, I mean, toss it in the lake, man. I wouldn't do that. There's people out there. If you literally could give it away to people you knew. I would give it away to a charity. Yeah, but Harry doesn't strike me as someone knowing where to go to give it to a charity. But he could ask Dumbledore. Do you guys remember that episode? Dumbledore's not talking to him anymore. Of, of Hey Arnold, where they, where Arnold and his friend literally, they, the person throws, um, they're dressed up as like a banana and someone and else. And the strawberry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they throw it out. No, I remember very yeah. well. That's what that made me think of. And he's like, he's just going to throw it out and throw it in the trash. <laughs> got banana shoes. Oh, that's a good show. They call me AK also asked, what joke, candy, chocolate, or gag would you come up with? That's like a question I have to really think about. Ooh, I, don't I know. would probably do a chocolate that looked super delicious. Like I've told the story where I brought baking chocolate into my grade school and had people try and told them it was the best chocolate I've ever had in my entire life. And the people would take a bite and they were disgusted because if you've ever had baking chocolate, it doesn't <laughs> taste great because <laughs> it's not sweetened and like all of those other things. And it's not like I don't think it's even milk chocolate. <gasps> I know. I would do something like that. <laughs> It's a fart blanket. So, like, you put it down and you automatically, like, smell the fart. <laughs> oh my God. Fart blanket. By oh. Wemo. <laughs> Mia, Mia looked it up. We started on November 18th, 2018. Goodness gracious. And Isaiah's boyfriend is confused and he said, Am I on camera? <laughs> You are. We can you guys see didn't you. See what kind of joke things you're gonna do? Because um, I, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if it'd be a joke, but it'd be cool if you could like eat a piece of candy and turn into an animal for a short period of time. So you don't have to be like an anime. How Ooh, long? Candy. How long? Depends on how much candy you ate. Yeah. Yeah. A minute. <laughs> it would depend on. Yeah, it would depend on how many you short. ate. Like, it would just be like a one candy it. per minute. So if you t- popped like ten of them, then it would be ten minutes. How many come in a bag? I don't know. Ask Fred and George. This is your candy. Tell me what you know. What's a candy, little boy? A hundred in a bag. That's a lot of candy. How many galleons is this? That seems like some epic magic. Five. I don't know. They don't even know. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. We shall move on to the fan story. I thought there was another question. I know, but we have to. They have to go. We can't get them all. Just sad. Can't catch them all. Sorry, that a guys. Pokemon thing. Go them all. Pokemon things. Fan story. Yes, fan story. But if you really have a question that you super want us to answer, email us. Email us. At www.tweetus.net. Yeah, for sure. Dot com. My apologies, seriously. Go, fan story. Fan story from Jessica Burns. Woo woo! Hi, ladies. First off, thank you for this amazing podcast. I'm a relatively new Swisher and also a relatively new Potter fan, but wanted to share my Potter story. I read the first three books when they originally came out and loved them. However, I was young and the 
and, and the goblet. <laughs> goblet was just a little too long and a little too dark to really hold my interest, and I never finished it. I saw the first couple movies when they came out, but then decided not to see anymore. Everyone always says that the books are better than the movies, so I kept saying that I would go back and read the books eventually. Fast forward about 20 years, and Harry Potter had sadly fallen off my radar. Luckily for me, my boyfriend has always been a Potter fan, and when Fantastic Beasts 2 was coming out, he was shocked to find out that I had never actually finished the Potter series, books or movies. We made that our top priority. He wanted to see it in theaters, so being on a time crunch, I watched all the movies first. <laughs> but it was enough to send me down the rabbit hole hard. I found Pottermore. I'm a Hufflepuff. R.I.P. <laughs> Pottermore, not the Hufflepuff. <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff. is a beagle. And my wand is Hawthorne, Wood Dragon, Heartstring, Core. 11 and three quarters inches. I still needed more Potter in my life, so I started looking for podcasts as well. I knew for sure that I was meant to be a Swisher when in the first few episodes, I discovered there was another Hufflepuff out there who was equally obsessed with Remus Lupin as I am. <laughs> Woo-woo, that's me! Yeah! He has been my favorite character throughout the entire series, and nobody gets it, so I'm glad I'm not <laughs> the only one. Girl, I got you! <laughs> Side note. Oh, I'm not going to skip this part because I liked it when I read this part, but I didn't read that last part and I got really excited. Whoa. <laughs> Side note, feel free to <laughs> skip the next part if my story is too long, but I think it's so cool, so I figured I'd share with you at least. I'm not kidding when I say I went down the rabbit hole. So bored at work one day, I took a which Harry Potter couple are you and your significant other quiz to pass the time. I only took it once, I swear, and was so happy that my boyfriend, a Gryffindor, Rawr! and I, Hufflepuff, got... Lupin and Tonks. <laughs> Reading the description gave me goosebumps. Both of us were hesitant to get close in the beginning. He has dealt with depression, and I've dealt with anxiety and, in, and an eating disorder. So both of us had those feelings of, I don't deserve them, they'll mm. leave me if they find out. So similar to Lupin. Mm. And two and a half years later, we're still together, still in love, still best friends, and saving up to buy our first home. Aww. Awesome. It was such a silly little quiz, but it made the story more relatable, and it made my love of the Harry Potter series, and more specifically Remus, that much stronger. I'm now in the process of reading all the books and catching up on your podcast. I'm just about caught up and should be able to listen to the next book. Order. Oh, wow. This is recent. Nice. Yes. I love getting the little details that I may not have picked up. And you girls make me laugh out loud every episode. Your podcast is such a great way for me to experience the books. Thanks so much for everything that you do, ladies. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Jessica. I you want to hit me hope up you with Remus Talks? Bring it. Who, who's Remus? I don't know. Were we going to say to them? No, no I hope know. they get their house. Yes, yeah. good luck. Best of luck to you. Yes. All right. So you can follow us on Facebook at Swish and Flick Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Swish Flickcast. You can join us on Patreon to be a part of the Discord channel that is so much fun every episode. Um, that is at patreon.com forward slash Swish Flickcast. <laughs> What? You just said, you're like, it's so much fun. <laughs> a lot. It's fun. more fun than we sound right now. I like it. It's, we have I a great time. It sounded like that. It's cool, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, you can also check out our website at swishflickcast.com. And I guess that's it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you excited about that part? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so find us there on those all swishflickcast.net it's dot com oh swishflickcast.net it's dot com also I did not make that up so for people that think that we made it up who thinks that someone like made it, made it seem I was like that's not us like oh, I got yeah, it from no, that is not copyrighted net. it's dot com um so I have been I don't know. Teaching. 
What? Struggling. You're a teacher? Yeah. No, it's been kind of rough lately. I'm not going to lie. But anyways, I don't want to talk about that because I want to talk about the book that I've been reading. I've been reading Thrawn, Thrawn. which is really, really good. Um, really enjoying it. Getting really excited for um, the rise of Skywalker that is coming up in December. Um, we also, yeah. Do you want to talk about what we're going to do for it? What did we decide? You and I, what are we going to wear? Oh, we have, uh, do you want me to tell them? Yeah. Oh, we got these, uh, Ewok robes for Christmas. <laughs> and so we're going to wear, cause we're going early. We're going at eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So we're going to wear Ewok robes, which That's are awesome. super thick. Nice. Um, and we just got new flooring in the dining room and the living room and all of that jazz. And nope. Not in the living room. Jazz. I don't know what I'm saying. Kitchen. Kind of. Kitchen. Dining room dining room kitchen steps and all that which is like a huge deal because it was like really bad before it was a laminate that was not good but i do want to shout out a new podcast that my friend started i also work with her it is called just keep rolling podcast and they have a really cool logo of a phoenix and they just started so what they're doing is a book to movie comparison like a reread chapter and then talking about what the movie put in and how they changed it and stuff like that um ellen who's one of the hosts she actually has been like made movies before so it's really cool to um hear her perspective and they have a couple of episodes out right now so you should go listen to them that's cool um She's also a super cool person. She's very nice. And actually, yeah. we didn't even talk about this at all. We are going to Ironton this weekend. Yeah, and it'll be a long <clears throat> past when this comes out. Um, but we get to hang out with our friends, so we'll talk about that whenever we our friends Chris Rankin and Janice Spade and, <laughs> and Nessa. Um, no, but we're really excited to see them again. And I want to say uh, congratulations to Lauren because Lauren gets to work with dolphins because she's amazing. Oh, that's cool. Yes. Yeah, that was, I was. I, I read that. That's awesome. Yeah, Lauren, I love you. Um, <laughs> Katie and I are really busy, but it's like that's an a good busy, super busy, but just very busy. We're doing a lot of design work, um, which is good because we really want to freelance more. So <clears throat> that is fun. So you can follow us on Whimsy Creative Design if you want. Um, you got something you want to design? You hit us up. Yeah, we do like branding. We do invitations. I would like a Dear Joe t-shirt. <laughs> draw it out and then we'll do it. I can't draw that. Um, oh, you can draw. And then also you can listen to our other podcast called Friends Watching Friends. Mm-hmm. We are seven episodes deep in season one of friends it, that's almost the whole season isn't no. it? it's a very short season did, right oh, I think did you guys be. realize what tiffany and i were doing in boston with the vestibule oh yeah oh i just i'm so sorry for your ears i apologize i don't think so i don't remember what you yeah we just that's the last episode we watched we literally were doing that the whole thing we're so annoying god we were doing it we were the place that we stayed had a like a little vestibule so i'm like i'm like look put chandler no it's put joey on the phone put joey on the phone yeah and then he's like says it perfectly He's stuck in a vestibule. Have you a vestibule? Jill Goodacre. Woodacre. Goodacre. 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 Are you guys having fun? 
yeah, yeah i really like it do you like the show yeah, yeah i do is ron ron is ross still your favorite <laughs> yeah he is okay who's your favorite kate chandler he's the best yeah i know I love chandler i know don't you know that he is me i am him just Chandler's wait to get great. to the later episodes there's specific things that he says and i'm like chandler it's me is perfection <laughs> <laughs> I Ugh. still, yeah, no, I still like Ross. I don't um, not like him. He's just not my favorite. I enjoy Ross. I like Ross. I also like Chandler. Mm-hmm. And I like Monica. Honestly, like, I like all of them. But they for, all have really yeah, likable qualities. I mean, they're all good. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about, because Thanksgiving is coming up. Every Thanksgiving, I go and I watch every single one of the Thanksgiving they're episodes. They're doing that at the theater. Yeah, it, they're so good. I they can't are. do it. No, you can't. It's yeah, so but good. We might them. actually, by the time Thanksgiving comes, we'll probably. Is there a Friendsgiving episode in the first season? There's one in every season, every isn't it? No, is it every season? Because the 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 first season's very short, like most. Six. Let me look it up. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to watch one. Um, and then Katie, do you want to plug anything? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my friend Jess. You guys all know Jess from the Swish Group. She started a new podcast. Yeah. And it's called the Horror Crux Podcast. Listen to us shouting out pods. Right? And she's doing like a really cool twist on Potter, but like also bringing in like Wiccan and like, I, I don't, I don't even know. Like she's done so much research on this. You just need to go check it out. Yeah. It's a really cool twist on Potter. We love you, Jess. Yes. They do. Um, you'll come up to it. It's the episode nine is um, the first Thanksgiving. Oh, so you're two together. away. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. I mean, I I like all of the Thanksgiving episodes. So yeah. Well, the show is great. Yeah, I enjoy. Well, it it didn't. Some parts of it did not age well. But like, I watch it to be like, okay, I realize like today wouldn't fly and it's not all right. But correct. I still enjoy some of the content. Right. We up to sir. Yeah, what are you doing? School. Sarah uh, just survived an illness. Oh my gosh, I was sick. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny now. I had I had the stomach flu, um, so that was not fun. On a day that I like had two tests, I had a test in my lab and my lecture, um, which did my worst on my lecture or my lab test, but it wasn't. I still got a B, so it's not that bad. Um, and then I didn't do great on my, I still got, again, I still got to be in my, my lab or my lecture. I got my lab B on both of them. Um, which is fine. But like when I looked over my thing, I'm like, I should have known like the answers to this, but I just wasn't in my right headspace. Right. Um, by the time this comes out, school is almost over for this semester. I literally have two, two lab quizzes left in a final or one in a final. Well, good and luck then, to you, ma'am. Yeah. Four weeks left of lab. And then five weeks left of lecture. Cool. And then I'll be off, and then I'll have ANP2, so this will all start again in January. But so far, so good. Yeah. That's all I'm dealing with. I literally have no time to breathe because it's I work three days a week. I go to school. I watch my niece, and I have no free time. <laughs> That's my life. Literally, I think my next free Saturday is January. No. Yeah. January, whatever the third weekend in January is. That's my next free Saturday. Yeah. But the good thing about that is like, yes, life always stays busy and there's always something that comes up. But you know that that one thing won't always be there. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's like sucks that it's going to be like years of my life in school. 
But realistically, once I'm done with my associates, I'm going to have to go back and get my bags first anyways. Yeah. And then I probably won't stop it there. If I look at my family, all of my aunts that are nurses have gone back to school, including my mother. So Schooling's good if you can go. I'm going to be in school for the rest of my life. <laughs> You're a goofball. So coming up after this is the book to movie, book to movie comparison. comparison. We've got a couple random <coughs> ones coming. We've yeah. Got um, so we're not going to start Order of the Phoenix until the new year. Right. So you guys are going to get some different types of episodes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like the past two Decembers that we've gone through. Literally, we are people with other things going on. So we have to take a break. Yeah. Right. But still you're, still get getting, you're still getting you're still getting an episode. And some of every them week. will be all four of us because they're previously recorded things that we have that we haven't put out for you yet. So. But we're going to do an O'Malley episode and a Petrus episode. Mm-hmm. And so that will that's that's just kind of for your brain to think about as far as our uh, little pod goes. And then in the new year, we'll get rolling with the new. With the we new decided book. so we're not doing this. Technically, this year, we are not doing a Swishmas. Um, because mm, we don't have time for it. None of us do. <laughs> so we're going to do one in January, right? The first weekend, correct, is what we so. decided. Yeah. Um, and we're pr- that's when we're going to do the first episode of Order of the Phoenix. Which kind Live. of... Which kind of makes me... Live from Cleveland is Order of the Phoenix. So at first, I was like really sad about not having Swishmas in December because it's Swishmas. But then I thought... We it's can Women's keep- Christmas. We can keep Christmas, keep Christmas going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally, so, it's Women's Christmas is the first Saturday after, um, or might be the well, first Sunday. Well, that's perfect then. Oh, okay. Well, here we are. Yeah. It's our Christmas. It's Swishmas. This year, Christmas will be ours. ours. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. I only get to say this so often. So that concludes this book. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. Amazing! Look at my voice! I have a wife, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) These are facts. (laughs) All right, Mike! (laughs) Hey! Something else after that, but my mind went blank, so. It just, it was. I have a wife, Mike! I have a wife, Mike! (laughs) (laughs) Mike is rude! Mike is super rude. (laughs) Chill by rude! My wife. <laughs> hey, hey, take a moment. Look at look at me. This is the end. This is the end of Godlet. I'm so excited. I'm excited, but it's also weird. This is the turning point. This is. It's like, gonna get sad. Like in the series, this is the turning. This point. is it, and everything's gonna relate back to this book. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Okay. What did we just read? If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.